Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. Mark, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. Nice to chat with you again and, and talk about uh, oils and fluids. And I got a bunch of questions for you today. We uh, had some requests to have Amsoil on to talk about gear oil. And I don't know a whole lot about gear oil other than what my owner's manual tells me to put in. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you and learning some more about it. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, good to be on again. Now, when uh, when it comes to gear oils for three-quarter, one-ton trucks, what what is a consumer truck owner going to find out there for choices? You know, I, I think probably the first thing they do when it when it comes time is they look in their owner's manual and they say, all right, I'm going to change it at this interval. Uh, this is the weight I should use. But how do you guys approach keeping, you know, the differential serviced and, and meeting the, the OEM specifications for what kind of weight it should have? You know, that's <clears throat> exactly what you said is what people do, right? Um, uh, because the differential is not something that is top of mind. It's not something that is serviced frequently. Yeah. Um, heck, some people buy a truck and never service the rear diff. Um, just because differentials now are coming factory filled with synthetics, they last longer. Um, and I mean, ask yourself of the vehicle that you own, like, outside of the engine and the filter that's on there have you changed any other fluids you know coolant not yeah that's, that's about brake it fluid do you know that stuff has to be changed <laughs> um transfer case you know that stuff has to be changed right um so it's just not top of mind of people so they have to look for a reference and the reference is going to be the manual owner's manual for the truck is going to tell them something and it's going to tell them two things really it's going to tell you the the spec to follow and then it's going to tell you a viscosity that might be appropriate now you know all of today's trucks um, are going to call for a gl5 gear oil that's the spec that's what sets performance of the product that they want in that differential um, now depending on what differential you have you know you have uh, some vehicles that have limited slips them uh, some that don't you know some have electronic lockers you know, there are some different frictional characteristics that you need to pay attention to depending on what's in that rear pumpkin. Um, so any old GL5 just might not cut it. You know, it might need um, um, a friction additive in order to make sure that that limited slip still functions. You know, the limited slip is there so that, you know, it can go around a corner and not chatter um, but then when you want it to somewhat lock together so that it doesn't overspin one and applies to the other, you have posi-like rear end. Um, if, you, if you don't have the right frictional characteristics, you know, going around corners will be um, teeth chattering for you. You'll hear tires barking on the road and your rear end will start hopping on you. Um, so yeah, fluid performance and what spec you look at in the manual is important, but then you need to know what you have in the rear end. And that might be just as difficult because um, the owner's manual itself will say, you know, the, that rear end 
or that truck might come with three different rear ends and then you have to figure out which one you have. Yeah. Well, how the hell do you do that? Like there's an axle tag, you know, you can roll onto the truck and you can get the VIN number off the axle tag and look it up. Um, that's really the only way, um, or the best way, I guess, to tell you what you have, um, or you just guess, you know, a lot of people do that. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that w was driving the questions <clears throat> is a lot of the performance enthusiasts, they, they change the gearing in their trucks. They go with a lift and bigger, you know, tires and, and the trucks are geared a certain way for, you know, factory performance or factory suspension. And so I think they're running into, Hey, well, I'm doing gears. Um, I should, you know, what should I run as far as a, a gear oil? And so I think that's a, that's an aspect to it that may hit a little bit sooner for people is, um, you know, you get, 37s or 38s or something like that and yeah. you don't like the performance so i'm going to do gears and then all right what should i run and and that's where i get really confused when um you know say i look at my owner's manual i see you know what, what's recommended to be running that specific axle and then i you know do a search online and i look and i see all these different types or these different brands and i wanted to focus in on amsoil and what you guys offer for gear oil for a ford or a gm or ram truck and i know tons of other ones as well but just specific to the diesel applications yeah in general we have we have gear i mean we have gear oil for all applications right um so the other component that you're going to see in your manual is some sort of viscosity it's going to be 7590 7585 uh, 75 75 140 um and <clears throat> there's some this you know, is in between there and all of it is you know, lots of it is about fuel economy. Um, the lower weight viscosity, uh, the thinner the fluid, the less resistance to flow, and the more fuel economy it could provide. Now, that's from an OEM perspective. That's what the OEM cares about. They, they need to meet fuel economy requirements, right? And then in order to do that, they put lower vis fluids in everything, transmission, diffs, engine, etc. Now, that's not typically our crowd. Our crowd doesn't necessarily care about fuel economy. They care about protection, right? Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's where we win. You know, we're providing you the best protection that, you know, nearly money can buy. Um, so you can feel confident in running, you know, big lifts, big tires, uh, tuners, lots of heavy right foot operation. Um, so the factory will put a lot of times 7590s in differentials. Um, a one ton truck can be factory filled with 7590. Um, and the OEM will say, yeah, oh, that's, that's good for factory towing and everything else. And it might be um, given an unmodified truck um, pulling loads that they say, you know, GBWR is what it's capable of. But to your point, what people do is they stuff bigger gears, taller gears, taller tires, and then more power. And is the 90 weight really enough for them? Yeah. Um, they, they might run into uh, gear issues and it's about that film thickness, you know, as a 90 weight, can it, can it manage that load separation between your ring and pinion? Um, so a lot of times what folks will do is they'll go up in this. So you can go to a 110 or a 140. Um, it's pretty rare somebody would go over a 75 140 in anything you're going to run around on the street. Um, we do sell fluids up in the 190 and the and the 240 range, um, but those are typically for 
either really severe drag operations or off-road, you know, where they're not going any more than 20 miles an hour, but they have insane torques that they're trying to put through those axles. So, I mean, the, the safe thing to do if you're going to go up in height and up in tire is, you know, probably go to right to that 140 range. You know, some trucks out there, um, in fact, mine comes factory with 75, 140, um, but not all trucks do and not all axle combinations in those trucks do. <clears throat> the safe thing would be to do is go right to the 140. Now, are you going to lose out on some of that uh, OEM advertised fuel economy? Well, I think if you were in the perfect world in the perfect ambient conditions under the perfect scientific conditions on a roller dyno, you could measure something, uh, but not in not in your truck, not in my truck, not in daily operation. It's not happening. So you're going to go up in protection <clears throat> um, and sacrifice a little on advertised fuel economy, but it's not going to be measurable for you. One of the questions we got in in regards to it was about interval or service intervals. So if you go from, you know, say up to a 140, your truck didn't come with it and that's what you go to or, or some other, um, you know, level it does, do you have extended service intervals? So the service interval, the rear diff is truly dependent on, um, and what you're doing with it really, <clears throat> you know, if you, if you're going off-roading and you're putting that diff underwater or in mud holes, um, you probably want to check the fluid more frequently, right? You know, each rear diff has a front diff has venting, you know, so if those vents, you know, are allowing contaminants and water to come in, um, that's something you need to pay attention to. Uh, if you're just the guy that's on the street, never leaves the off-road, uh, but he's pulling a lot, you know, fifth wheel camper, huge trailer, um, 20,000 pounds behind you all the time. You're going to want to pay attention to your diff fluids. Now, does that mean you need to pay attention to them at a earlier frequency than what the OEM is recommending? Um, again, it depends on, you know, the severity of your loads and whether you're going off road or not. Otherwise, you know, stick to what the OEM says or you can follow what our recommendations are um, from the products that we use. I mean, that we've, we have lots of validation effort that proves out our service zones with our fluids, um, even in severe temperatures, you know, heavy lowing, heavy loading, heavy towing, shock loading to the rear end. Um, so we warrant all of those service intervals that we apply. I mean, the only thing that would really point me to, you should maintenance it more frequently again, is if you're going through water, mud, lots of dirt operation, etc. What was really cool about the question we got, it was on our discord server. So I'm, I'm able to chat with and see a lot of the trucks that our, you know, our listeners have. And, and the guy who asked, I think it's a 2020 Ram dually six, seven Cummins. And every picture I've seen of his truck, there's a, he's got a trailer and something behind it. So it's somebody who's using that truck to tow a lot all the time. And, and I think, uh, yeah, that's what a lot of, a lot of our listeners do with them you know we definitely have that group of performance drag racing you know sled pulling but vast majority of them are you know using their trucks and they might have you know some upgrades done so they're definitely in that realm of you know a little bit more power a little bit taller tires you know they've, they've done the gear change and now they're they're looking for something to protect their investment which you know a lot of diesel truck owners that's why they buy a diesel truck they want the robustness of the engine they want the longevity out of it and that also you know translates to 
their axles and gears and everything else, transmissions, basically any any fluid that uh, that the truck's going to take. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For, for anybody that's doing a lot of towing, you know, um, not the guy that's just hot shotting around, just heavy into the right foot, uh, stoplight to stoplight, but the guy that's doing a lot of towing, there's a lot of heat that goes in that rear end. Um, and heat is what kills um, differential fluid. You know, there's no byproducts of combustion from an engine, right? You know, what you, what kills differential fluid is moisture and heat. Well, heat can drive out moisture through the vent, <clears throat> but heat kills fluid. And what happens is, you know, oxidation to oil increases viscosity. Every time that viscosity goes up, it creates more heat, more heat, uh, exacerbates oxidation. So it's this, it's the snowballing effect, you know, more load, more heat, more viscosity. Um, so the best thing you can do is, you know, have a good fluid that gives protection, but then try to do what you can to mitigate the heat. And, you know, so then you ask, well, how the heck do I do that? You know, I, uh, what am I going to do? Uh, blow a fan across it? Um, well, in, in fact, uh, if you've paid attention to any news uh, recently, uh, Banks has come out with a diff cover that does ram air cooling to the diff. Like they have, are the only ones that have taken the, you know, the bling to performance um, and built something into that rear diff cover that tries to keep it cool. So if you're doing a lot of heavy towing and you really want to give your rear end um, something beneficial combine our best and synthetic gear oil that's going to give you best protection and then a method for you to try to keep that rear end cool and that diff cover does that yeah there's there's so many trucks i i see and you know you think of going to like ultimate call out challenge or any sort of diesel event so many trucks have an aftermarket differential cover on their truck and a lot of times guys get stuck with, well, I know it adds capacity, but how much does it add? And that's also something really important as well is, you know, if you just, if you buy a truck, it's got a diff cover on it. You got to figure out exactly how much fluid it's adding to it to be able to make sure, you know, when, when you place your order and you're going to do, you know, service your differential on the weekend or taking it to a shop, whatever it might be, you know exactly how much more that you have. I've, I've read a few stories of, you know, they look in the owner's manual, see how, you know, what the capacity is. They've got an aftermarket diff cover and then they're rebuilding a, an axle and a rear differential not too long after that. So that's definitely a important thing to factor in. That's a, it's a nice thing about, you know, part of those diff covers that people add, you know, it's a lot about bling, right? There's a big advertisement hanging off the rear pumpkin. It looks mm -hmm. cool. Um, you know, the additional fluid, uh, you know, should add some additional cooling. Um, but if you follow the bank's prescription, you know, that's not always beneficial. Um, but the, the, I think one of the really nice things that all those diff covers do is they add a drain and a fill. 
you know, the factory diff cover does not have any of that. So you're in there with a, a scraper, you know, scraping off RTV off that thing, pulling the diff cover only to change the fluid. That's annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so, I mean, if you're, if you're doing a lot of towing and you want to provide some cheap insurance to your rear end, buy that bank's diff cover, change the fluid. You could change it more frequently. Gear is not that expensive and it doesn't take that much. You know, most trucks are three to four quarts ish, depending on what rear end you have. You know, if you have a big Dana 80, maybe it's a little bit bigger. Maybe it's up to six quarts. But nonetheless, if you're 20 bucks a gallon or 20 bucks a quart into some some gear lube and you're only six to or three to four into it it's pretty cheap insurance for your rear end and you can do it in about 15 minutes that's worth it right there just the savings in time <laughs> absolutely like who wants to go under there with a putty knife scrape an rtv off of, of the cover i don't want a pain in the rear why the you know <laughs> We could get long and hard into why the OEM does that, but I think that's just service income for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think that definitely answers the the questions that we had gotten about about uh, gear oil, and then there were a few more that are that are gonna, it's going to be kind of transitioning a little bit, but to the engine. And the uh, this other question we had was about running a, a 15W. Actually, let me let me check real quick. I want to make sure I don't mess up the question that he had for us. Um, wanted to know about running a 15w40 in cold climates with the acceptance that the truck has a block heater so i know he lives in a colder climate um i think it's a six seven cummins that he has and you know for for those customers that you may have that are in colder climates how does that weight does it benefit that particular truck or, or what would you recommend for somebody um in a you know colder kind of area Is his question's kind of loaded because he asks just straight 1540. Now, if you're saying conventional, I would say if you're in a colder climate, that truck might struggle a little bit to start. You know, today's technology with common rail and glow plugs, and if he's got a block here and plugs it in, like, you know, all three of those things working together, you know, he, he probably won't have much of an issue. But conventional 1540 gets pretty thick and crank speed's important for a diesel. So if you go 1540 conventional versus 1540 synthetic, your crank speed is going to be a lot faster. Um, you take one step further and you go from 1540 synthetic to 540 synthetic, and now you're talking your crank speed is even quicker yet. Um, that's going to remain uh, fluid at, at much colder temperatures. So, you know, our recommendation, you know, for cold weather, heck, we're in uh, northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, it gets frigid up here. I mean, it's pretty common for people to go to 540s in the wintertime. And then if they want to go back to a 1540 in the summer, they certainly can, but there's no reason to. You know, the 540, <clears throat> the 5W gets you cold crank start. And then as it warms up, it gives you 40 weight protection. So you can run a 540 12 months a year. There's no reason to go back to a 1540. Now, if you live in the southern half of this uh, country and it, you know, the wintertime temperatures are 40 degrees, um, you can get away with a 1540 12 months out of the year. So maybe you don't want to pay for the additional um, benefits that the 540 gets you. You know, you had mentioned synthetic, and that was another another question. And I know this could probably be a whole podcast in itself, um, but 
somebody had asked the question, okay, is AMSOIL, is it 100% PAO? And I wanted to ask you about what that means. If someone's not familiar with, with, with that or just, you know, conventional versus synthetic, how would you answer that question? Or what would you tell somebody to look for when they're going to choose an engine oil? That's a, that's a really loaded question. And we could spend a lot of time on this. Um, if I was, if I was a customer new into the, oil world and I'm trying to find, you know, what's best for me. Um, I wouldn't let some marketing get in the way of performance. Now, don't take that wrong. Like there is, there is a lot of performance that comes with um, PAO base oils. There's, so maybe we should back up and talk about what base oils go into engine oils because um I don't want people to confuse that I'm not saying that PAO isn't good um, base oil because we use it and it's great base oil. Um, but my point is, is that you, the entire formulation is what is important for performance. Um, if I just used PAO base oil and didn't have a robust uh, combination of additives in there, I um, PA, PAO base oil can't do the job alone. Uh, neither can group three base oil, neither can group two base oil, neither can group one base oil. It is, it's a fully formulation of additives plus base oil that makes performance. So conventionals, conventional products out there, they're in the group two realm. Uh, people will use group twos with additives and make conventional base oils. Now synthetic in this company, in this country is group three and higher. So it's group three PAOs, group fives, which are esters. Um, so you can use um, a group three with additives and make a really great synthetic product. You can use a combination of group three and group four, which is PAO with additives and make a really great product. Or you can use straight PAO with additives and make a really great product. It depends on what you're doing with it. Um, are you making engine oil? Are you making um, diff fluids, tranny fluids, hydraulic oils? Like, so it depends on the application is where I would say, my choice of base oil will vary. And I can make um, a group three, I can take a group three base oil with additives and outperform um, a PAO based with those same additives depending on what I'm doing with it. So just because somebody in, the, in, in this country is out there um, tooting their horn that they use PAO doesn't mean that their formula is the best. Um, that said, in the group three world, uh, that synthetic base oil, there are um, many manufacturers of group three and they're not all created equal. So there's bookends of performance in the group three area of good, better, and best. And if you pick you know, the best on the group three world, it actually can outperform PAO in tests. So, you know, Synthetic a long time ago started as PAO. I mean, AMSOIL was there back in 72. We started the synthetic realm of, uh, of engine oils and we used um, PAO back then because that's all there was. Um, we've gotten really smart and savvy and, and done a lot of validation over time. And we use both group threes and PAOs depending on the application. You know, we know the applications well, and we design formulations, again, as the combination of base oil plus additives, and we validate that. Um, so will I disclose what we put in 
Um, the bottles, no, like that's formulation proprietary to us. Um, <clears throat> but again, just stating that the product is PAO doesn't necessarily make it the best. I can take a group three and spank that PAO. I think, yeah, that's, that's what I was, when you were explaining it, I just started to get the wheel spinning with, you know, it depends on the application, but then there's so many probably different choices that, that you have when you're making this, that, you know, as a truck owner, I just want a quick, easy answer, you know? And it's like, that's definitely not a quick, easy answer because there's so many different things you can do with it based on, you know, is it a race truck? Is it a truck that is towing all the time? Is it a commuter vehicle? Is it, you know, how is it being used and all the different options that you have to be able to make something that works you know, for that particular application? I mean, it comes down to, you know, what, what's, if, you know, I'm a technical guy, right? Um, so I have a different brain than most people. Uh, if I was going to go and search out two products, I'd be looking at all of the data that somebody can compare, right? Yeah. What, you know, what, what do you publish? Can I compare that? What are your claims? You know, because those claims are typically based on some industry standard test. What are those results? Um, but the reality is, is that I'm a unicorn. Not everybody thinks like me. I get that. Um, people want to make decisions based on a little bit more of uh, what tugs on their heartstrings, you know, and does that brand, can they associate with that brand? So then it becomes more of, you know, what's the, what is that brand into? You know, do they do the same things I do? Are they, do they support racing? And I'm into that. That's great. Um, do they support a variety of other things? You know, a lot of it's, you know, brand association, you know, this, this, this concept doesn't just apply to engine. It applies to everything. Like ask yourself, when's the last time you changed brands of toothpaste? Great question. Yeah. I got to think about that. Decades, <laughs> decades, people settle on something and then it is insanely hard to get them to shift off that because they found a brand it's yeah. treated them right. They got great customer service and it's never let them down. Yeah. That's how people get to, a lot of times that's how people get to the brands and the products that they choose. You know, they use, they came to Amazon a long time ago. They, uh, they used some, uh, heck, they might've started with two stroke oil, uh, maybe uh, change the tranny fluid in their truck. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, that stuff really treated me well. I'm just going to keep buying that stuff. It's typically, um, when you find success, you, you, you stick with that brand and branch out to continue with that success. You know, Amzo doesn't just make a great engine oil and then stop there. Um, we take all of the expertise that we have and technology and we roll it into everything we make, whether it's hydraulic oil, two stroke, four stroke, power sports stuff, trannies, engines, diffs, everything, coolants. Um, the philosophy applies. So if you have success with, and you like one, then branching out within our own brand is the natural selection. That's, that's, I see that a lot. And, and, uh, you know, like on social media or Instagram, just different places, or even in my own experience with, you know, truck guys that I know is that's what they really like about Amsoil is they're going to do service on their truck while they're getting the engine oil. They're going to do, you know, drain and fill in the transmission. They're getting the transmission fluid. They're going to do their differentials and they just get everything in one place and they don't have to, 
you know, buy one here, buy something else there. And they like that complete solution, which is what's so cool about, you know, creating content and chatting with you guys is, you know, we can chat about gear oil, engine oil. We still need to chat about coolant and transmission fluid. I haven't forgotten about that episode. We need to I do can, I can do that too <laughs> for hours. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. We'll do that next time, but I appreciate you answering the questions that we got, helping shed some light on gear oil, what we should choose, and then, you know, getting a little bit into engine oils, which, you know, in our first episode, you know, we went through a lot of that, but there's still questions, you know, people are, are coming up with if they're, they're new to diesel or they're just, they just don't have a lot of information on you know, which engine oil should I get, or I see this thing, um, you know, as an advertisement, or I read this someplace and, you know, what's the best for my truck. So I appreciate your time and, and answering those questions for us. It's um, it's hard for uh, if it's somebody new to diesel or somebody that's been around diesel for a long time, it's hard to find, you know, good information. You know, everybody's got a website, you know, and everybody tries to put the best and fancy stuff on their website to attract you to read up on it. Um, I think where Amzo goes to the next step is we have, you can reach all of us. You know, you can pick up the phone. We have a technical service department that is that can answer partner any question that you could drum at them and um even guys like me are reachable you know if you go to some big brands you're not talking to a technology guy at mobile like sorry that guy is so far removed uh he's untouchable but amzel is a, a smaller company and and more customer service folk focused in which if you have questions and all you need to know is a name you call that person and you can talk to them and and that person will sit down and, and hash it out with you. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a customer service um, point to what we provide that also gives some benefit to those that are just new uh, or maybe been around for a while. And they, um, they've always had that desire, or that, that desire to understand more, but just haven't pushed through yet. Yeah, I definitely encourage anyone listening if they got specific questions, um, you know, just give you guys a call. It's always really easy to be able to chat with someone, ask a question, make sure you're getting the right product for your application and just, um, you know, learn more about it. We should want to learn as much as we can about these trucks. We need to not keep them for a while. And, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that we have that durability, that reliability that you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Yeah, that, you you know this if you've looked at the sale price of trucks these days like you're you're um you're gonna sacrifice an arm and a leg to buy one now yeah um if so you can get it <laughs> yeah right i mean uh i remember was it three or four years ago um diesel power challenge bought the most expensive brand uh truck from each of the three brands and they topped one hundred and five thousand dollars. that was like three or four years ago and I thought at that time that was ludicrous. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, a, a quote unquote, well-equipped truck is $85,000. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be smart and take care of that thing because it's such a huge investment. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's where a lot of the, the questions about what products can I use for reliability and durability come from. And that's what was so cool about just being able to learn more, you know, about the gears and or gear oil and, you know, the things people are doing with it and uh, you know, just shed, shed some light on it. So, you know, if we do buy that truck or we have maybe an older one, we just want to make sure it lasts. We don't want to spend $85,000, make sure that it, it keeps going. So it was, yeah, no uh, <laughs> it was great to chat with you, Mark. Sounds good.